The year is 2006. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is my marvelous year. Variant cover. I, I got an opening, actually. Do, Do you? you? Yeah, yeah, I thought of something. I forgot I to had, say. You know, I actually dreamed one. Oh, okay. Yours is probably better. <laughs> no joke. Like, I dreamed the entire one. I, I That's better than what I have planned. So it's not like, it's not as chaotic as you'd think. Like, it was it was a very believable, realistic Well, we can We can both dream. do I only just have some nicknames for you. So, why don't okay. you go first, and I'll just, okay. I'll tell you my nicknames. All right. Sure. Um, now, I'm going to try to recreate a dream, which is difficult. Hello. And welcome to My Marvelous Year. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I think I, maybe I should rebrand that, actually, because I'm not doing that much editing and chiefing, right? Mm-hmm. What do you, like, what do you what do you call the... Slacker-in-chief, more like. Well, that's not quite where I was going. <laughs> like, what do you call, like, the head of, like, a lucrative podcasting and YouTube enterprise? Like, the multimedia president? The chief creative officer? You know, like, um... what do I... But obviously, I am that. I've always been that. Call um, slacker. I don't know. We, we, I, I got to rebrand, I think. I think editor in chief has maybe passed. Anyway, this is My Marvelous Year, the podcast and reading club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. I'm joined today by my favorite special guest that we've had throughout the history, the now five, maybe six, maybe seven year history of My Marvelous Year. Literally, my favorite guest. We've had a lot of guests. Mm-hmm. As I say, um, we've, we've made friends through guests. Zach, I think. Oh yeah, I'm, case, I'm going right? to visit. I'm going to visit someone this afternoon that I met through the podcast. That's wild. Like that's so yeah. cool. That yeah. That's happening. So like obviously like, but like I would say, I would say you are the guest that I have most permanently welcomed into my heart. Mm. Okay. It's Zachary F. Dean. How's it going, Zach? Oh, it's good. That was that was much less chaotic than here. Well, I'm not, a, a I'm not totally intro. done yet, because the dream also had a pun that I'm going to use here shortly. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm but yeah, no, a very straightforward dream. Very flattered. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. One might say unremarkable. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I insisted <laughs> on doing that introduction to do it the most, <laughs> the most uh, straightforward way. I mean, here, here's mine. I was just going to say, I was going to introduce you as, um, I was actually, I was on the toilet this morning. And I was like, what can I do for an intro? What if I just did some funny alliteration? So Dave Busing, my word balloon buddy, my panel pal, and my sequential art sensei. Those were the ones I came up with. Sequential art sensei is pretty good. Well, I was peeing this morning. Word balloon. Listen, some people would say TMI. I would actually say, give me more detail. (laughs) I would Mm -hmm. love to know. Good flow? How, How are things moving? Uh, no, I've been a little worried about it. I feel like I'm not emptying my bladder uh, yeah. as much as I need to recently. Yeah. And I'm like, is this, you know, do I got to get this checked out? I wonder if that's more common among 30-year-old men than we would mm. ever know because nobody talks about it, mm-hmm. right? I would I'm, guess most guys I'm are starting too. the conversation. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Courageous. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Uh, we, I, can't, we can't use Word Balloon, buddy, because that's copyright infringement. Uh, Word Balloon is one of the biggest podcast interviews, comics podcast interviews out there. John Suntris, Chicago native. Yeah. Love it. 
Um, I, I think that's actually the biggest. It's definitely the most well-known, like, in the industry, word balloon. Did you know that? Wait, it's the biggest what in the industry? Like, like the most well-known comics, like, interview podcast. In the industry. Oh uh, no, I did not know that. Like what? Like what would you say? <laughs> Which does kind of you know uh, push back on the idea that it's the most popular. Well, told. I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think it's that super well known amongst comics fans. But like everybody, okay. like in the industry, seems to know John Suntrius and mm-hmm. and this, and he does really good interviews. Um, yeah, I'm look, I, but I, I'm I didn't even up. know about it until I've never seen this before. Later, um, yeah. like within the last several years. I mean, I, I came to off panel first with. Uh, sketch and david harper what what would you say are the biggest comics podcasts zach like <laughs> like if somebody put you a test to you like what are your top like three you're like oh these are the big ones the big one, oh i mean just on like popularities uh level i mean um i mean jay and miles does loom large in my mind but that might be you know they have a big fan base and uh, i feel like, or like, I a feel very like now there's a sense base. of like are they still going and it's like yeah they, yeah they, nothing has changed yeah, like, yeah. they're still going yeah i'm not sure uh you know what they're listenership is like now but for a while they were uh, really really big um, did i tell you i got to pick a topic for one of their uh their like non-comics conversations Mm-mm, no yeah they did uh they did like a charity fundraiser for trans rights in florida i think maybe it was equity florida mm-hmm. and if you donated uh one of the one of the tiers was you got to pick one of their conversations if they call them uh, hawk talks or something like that, <laughs> okay. And uh, and I I think I I got that and I picked, I think I gave them some options, but I think they picked basketball, um, which is pretty good because I don't know that either of them are enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's here's the thing though is like I might list those comics those podcasts and then like compared to like the official Marvel fan cast put out by like Disney or something. Yeah, sure. That's going to blow all the rest of them out of the water. Like something like that. Like the Echo Watch Along podcast that the MCU actually produces themselves. <laughs> so like uh I don't know. I feel like there's no in, my my point yeah. was more like I don't think there's really any consensus. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know? Like I, I and two, I think our sense of what is big is probably sort of limited to the ecosystems that we participate in online <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? sure as opposed to maybe reality like in sports i could tell you pretty easily because you actually have like data right like people actually care and get paid money <laughs> but like but like in comics i'm like i honestly is it us maybe it's us yeah it's probably <laughs> like, us yeah like it's certainly it's certainly not us uh well I mean, and i so even, i got to go on well go ahead, go ahead. even like in, with guests that we've had Right, I mean, Cerebrocast is the obvious, uh, you know. They think, they exploded. Think, Listen, if you've had yeah. a New York Times profile, you're probably pretty big. I think that's yeah, fair to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you're pre- you're yeah, probably pretty well. big into injustice, right? Pro- Given the times these days, <laughs> into nepotism, like because his dad runs the New York Times. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that's probably not true. It's <laughs> probably, probably a very true. false. Allegation. He works in publishing, was my in, uh, inference. So, oh, okay, but uh, but um, that I mean that podcast is. Also huge. That exploded. Yeah. That was really big. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they like if you told me like, oh yeah, like that has the most listeners of any comics podcast. That'd be wild. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, iFanboy is pretty big. Still? Like, anyway, this is this is just us. <laughs> this is not an interesting conversation. How dare you? Just making guesses about something that, uh, <laughs> that, we, that we should know more about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, what I wanted to actually do for our topic today. Yeah. So yeah. this is My Marvelous Year 2006. This is a variant cover. Where we talk about anything and everything related to the world of Zach and Dave. Uh, Zach, I actually have a very My Marvelous Year focused question first. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. And you may need a minute. So 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out here. Okay. Zach, I wanna play a game. The game okay. is in the history of My Marvelous Year, which is pretty long now. Yeah. I think it's fair to say we have some regrets. I think it's fair to say <laughs> I think it's fair yeah, to say yeah. we've made some mistakes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Along the way. And I was just thinking the other day, no one put this to me, no one's challenged me, but I was just thinking, what's your biggest what's your biggest miss? Like what's the thing that you look back and you're like, oh wow, I was so wrong about that. And you know what actually got me started mm-hmm. thinking about this is I wrote in my so I did my selection of my favorite February graphic novels and I the, share that the on the Night CDH. Eaters, right? Yeah. I, I share, yeah, I share that on yeah. in the newsletter. And the Night Eaters is a, is a series of graphic novels out for me from Comics Arts by Marjorie Liu and Sonny Takeda, who do Monstrous. And I love Monstrous. And the first book of the Night Eaters, like I I I read it and I appreciated it visually. But it just didn't, I don't know, it wasn't working for me, so I just, I'd never even finished it. And it wasn't in my best of the year consideration. And I went back and I read the second book recently. It's phenomenal. Like, it's, it's so flipping good. I think Lou and Takeda are like, I think they're like Brubaker, Brubaker Phillips level. Like, I think yeah, the way people yeah, talk about yeah. Brubaker Phillips, like, that's that's where Lou and Takeda are destined for if they want to continue collaborating on just graphic novels and any project they they want, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But But yeah, so what I wrote about was like, you know what? Like, it's nice to be wrong and recognize you're wrong sometimes, especially when it like it's specifically in the case of thinking art wasn't there, you know, wasn't didn't have the juice and then be and then trying it again and being like, oh, no, oh, there's so it much does. juice here. There's so mm, much juice. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's what got me thinking about it. So, Zach, my marvelous year. What was your well, I want to hear your, your answer. Do you have, you know, my marvelous year? regrets it's a little harder for me because you because you this is your second time through because it yes because i've done so we've I experienced some of those regrets we've I, experienced for, them live for, probably yeah for you the, the, the regrets i see is that you're like yeah why did i leave this here <laughs> yeah like, yeah it would be stuff where yeah. it would be stuff where like it's on the list because of a perceived sense of like canon mm-hmm. that i had earlier mm-hmm. that maybe i no longer share you know, yep. um, those sorts of things. I think, honestly, like the My Marvelous Year journey for me this time through and podcasting about it instead of just like putting it together, like like the podcast is the regret, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> the experience of of doing it a second time mm-hmm. and, and then and going back into these and being like, oh, shoot, I can't defend this the way I thought I could. So mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I'll give an example. Um, Howard the Duck. I've talked glowingly of Howard the Duck. Uh, I love that it exists. I like what Steve Gerber represents about like satire and sort of pushing Marvel in the 70s. Zach, when we got there, I just found myself with like nothing. Like I just, I had nothing. Like <laughs> you were like this, I don't get it. Like this isn't good. And I just, I couldn't do it beyond just that sort of like, yeah, but he's a duck, you know? Uh, so I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like I missed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I missed an opportunity on HTD to maybe to either give Steve Gerber more of the credit he deserves or vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, there's I mean, not we, a lot of stuff I've been super down on yeah, that I would now say like, Oh, I overstated mm-hmm. or I missed mm-hmm. on like that being bad. It's more like often it's more like, Oh, I feel like I didn't do that justice or something. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Because a few of the things that I, uh, I remember that I've been like effusive about recently, recent, I mean, the last couple of years, um, 
or things that you weren't on the episode for. And so like, I was like, yeah, but does Dave, does Dave get, this is really good. Like, um, oh God, what I, I always remember, forget the name of it. That like alternate reality 12 issue mini from the nineties, the, uh, Earth X. Is that Earth it? X. Yeah. 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 Um, that I thought was great. Uh, I think that was just a Charlotte and I episode or then, uh, the, that Mark Miller. <laughs> Sorry. I just remembered all of a sudden that Mark Miller Wolverine stuff. Your favorite comics. There's, yeah. there's no world in which you could come on and be like, yeah, oh, these are really good. But, um, no, I mean, I, there's a reason they're on the list. Like I remember for, uh, comics. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, actually what stood out the most to me recently, Zach was from yeah. 2004. Yeah. yeah. Dean's list. Yeah. Punisher okay. Max. Yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. that I had definitely written off, and in fact, had like kind of like mentally taken a stance of like I think these suck actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and reading those first two issues again, I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like that, that felt <laughs> yeah. like a big, and I, and I didn't keep going, and I'm not like I don't know. It would take, it would take a, a paid assignment for me to do so, just mm-hmm. because there's so much other stuff in the world to read. Um, but that one felt felt like oh i think i was just i i missed i was in the wrong place on this one so hmm. interesting right, it does I've, have a reputation for sure people love it um, for but, sure and i i, no, well, I mean the opposite i think like it in my you know worldview punisher max is you know not my worldview in my like little ecosystem punisher max is usually talked about as like you know gross out edgelord stuff uh which is yeah, just the re- okay. reaction to ennis in general i mean ennis can do that like the boys is you know we we read that for extra issues. The boys is a lot of that. Um, I'll be honest. I don't I don't quite know where to put Ennis these days because have you been reading that new series? No, it's, and that's I I think I, good. I need to yeah. because I feel yeah, like I don't yeah, yeah. I don't know modern Ennis because in my head in my head the trajectory of Ennis is like incredible talent got deeply cynical and gross out, but now has has matured nicely. Mm-hmm. into just writing all of the war comics that he ever wanted to do so um, i mean this one's god i'm trying to remember the name of it do you remember off the top of your head um, well there's a there's a fantasy one that just got announced this but is, that's no, probably not is, what you're talking about this is like a horror comic um and i'm totally blanking okay <laughs> what it's called uh 2024 comics uh because i read the first few issues and i was like i gotta wait as soon as this is done i need to yeah i need to do a modern gonna... well because they they announced marvel announced too like a nick fury uh, max return and i like i haven't read his nick fury max stuff you know and i'm kind of like maybe i i feel like maybe i've um underappreciated like the arc of ennis's career Mm-mm-mm. i suspect uh, it's called the ribbon queen it's an eight issue series and you were uh, it. just it just finished and it's good yeah i read the first couple of issues and i was like ennis interesting like it's kind of outside of his normal wheelhouse i think or at least what it, his wheelhouse has been for a while um, going back to regrets, uh, Howard the Duck. Just to mention that, you know, like I, I wait, hang, hang on. I just, I, I want to apologize and <laughs> just make clear. I was that was a joke when I said I regretted the podcast. I was talking about it purely oh, in terms yeah, you, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure you understood. <laughs> make, making sure that you had to reread. One hundred percent a joke. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're always like. I did not mean that in the mean way. Grateful that you are. Sounded. Okay, oh, I didn't. I didn't take it that way. Um, but thank you, um, Howard the Duck. I mean, I'm glad you like. I'd much rather it is part of the canon right like howard the duck is if if you want to read through marvel history you know you, you got to read a, a little bit of howard the duck just to at least know what the vibe is yeah i don't regret then. it and being like, there i regret not yeah. like being a stauncher lover <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <Gotcha. laughs> yeah yes yeah, well 
story of your life, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it comes up in every relationship. <laughs> um, stauncher. God, he was a that staunch word lover. <laughs> <laughs> so why did it end? Oh, he just, just was not staunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, boy, what a what a loyal, <laughs> what a loyal lover. Um, regrets. I I I have a few. Um, yeah. The uh, I, it's stuff that you know I've been particularly vocally you know either negative or just so much more negative than the mainline mainstream opinion so like the things that pop up are claremont x-men and uh simon since the war both of which i have gone back to and i think it's been come up on this podcast a bunch simonson not simonson store claremont's x-men i have totally turned a corner on especially that really early stuff which i think i liked and you know i i kind of don't even want to go listen to those episodes but you, I was you were not them. Um, it wasn't effusive. You weren't. Like you were critical, in I mm-hmm. think a way that most are not prepared for. But you were definitely you were definitely leaning negative, especially on the early Cockrum stuff. Which Cockrum, especially I Cockrum, I owe an apology to. I've reread all those issues now, and like he's great. And I I just don't know. We I had several Cockrumbles about that. I remember. <laughs> yeah, the classic Cockrumble. The classic uh, Cockrumble. Um, the, the only, the only thing I still stand on is that I think the, uh, the space stuff in those early, like the seventies issues kind of stinks and is boring. The Encron crystal, is that what it is? Not a, the... not a Shi'ar. So yeah, that, would you that say, stuff is kinda, would you eh. say broadly you're actually anti X-Men in space? Cause I feel like there are folks who are like, oh, yeah, that's my that's favorite good... thing. Or do you just, are you just like, well, I just don't like that specific Shi'ar like stuff. Cause I feel like that is, neat, I mean, that is the root they... of X-Men in space, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that arc is specific. No, I, I guess so. I was gonna say I don't really have a problem with it in general, but then I'm trying to think of examples, and every one of them, I'm like, yeah, but I don't really like, you know, like the end of the Dark Phoenix saga on the moon. I think kind of, you know, whiffs that. that I mean, arc. The, the, you're you're listing like the iconic X Men. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I love that that whole arc, but then like that final thing on the moon, and then is like, it just because the, it's on the moon? <laughs> No, no, it's actually that, that's less than to do with the like the vibe and the aesthetic of like sci-fi, okay. more just the story choices. I mean, because um, there are characters the, that like you know they they don't fit in the cosmic line. Like Spider-Man, cosmic is not something I need. Yeah, and I don't really love like the Shi'ar stuff. Is not something where I'm like, yeah, it's not an angle to Claremont's like world building that I I love. You know, the the Empress Shi'ar Professor X like. You know, romance is not something I'm that invested in. The Shi'ar politics is certainly not something I'm that invested in. Like, the mm-hmm. New Mutants in the uh, the Krakoa era go to space, and I think it's pretty dull. Like, I don't really love that stuff. Um, the Brood, I, I kind of like The Brood, but again, actually reading those issues, I, I don't know. Yeah, so maybe not. Maybe not. Any, no, okay, the, like the other thing, a, though, is... Something I, but you've... Well, we, I brought we up Simon's emphasize... and Thor. Well, hang on. I just want to I, emphasize, like, you okay. love Claremont's Act now, right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like top fan. ten, easy top ten Marvel comics, and you know, part of it is just like, I don't think I really was acknowledging, like, you gotta just take your time with this, you know. And I, I think I, it probably came up in the episodes, but <laughs> boy, hundred percent came up. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but you know, I remember like, bringing it up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's you were being like. You know, the way that the My Marvelous Year... I, I think I was honing in that you were kind of like, unless you're reading it all, 
you can't fully judge these versus the pacing that we were reading them. Yeah, that's, you know, sure, sure. The thing that I was honing in on was that, like, just because I'm not reading every issue, I'm somehow, like, missing the point of these comics versus I'm As reading if it was like 14 a, of these in a week. Like a Nabokov sentence. You gotta let the <laughs> you gotta let the art really linger in your mind. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly that. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's um, cl- you're always you're always holding Nabokov against me. I mean, it's, it's yeah. true, right? It's, it's Nabokov's gun. I'm just waiting for it to drop in every scene. Uh, By the way, my, not, I remembered my yeah. dream pun, and this is you. Oh yeah, please. this is you, Dean Fending. You're Dean Fending, oh, your okay. past self. It's okay. fun when you had like a, a dream pun that actually like makes sense and you wake up and you're like, oh, okay, that tracks instead of like, you're like, oh man, I had such a funny joke. And then it's like, he's busing his bugle over there. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. That was yeah, really I, funny to me in my I, dream. <laughs> this dream was like, like the tamest, like most straightforward, <laughs> like regular intro. Just, I need, I need a spicier life. Just I you having spicier. a... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna learn how to lucid dream and then just have like quiet, pleasant conversations with my friends. <laughs> my <laughs> um, I I'm sure some listeners are listening with bated breath because I did mention Simon's and Thor, uh-huh. another comic that I did go back to to be like, man, was I really too hard on it? No, not too hard on it. It's just still not for you. It's, it's just okay. It's yeah. you know. Uh, I even like it was a couple years ago. I was like, I'm gonna do the whole reread again, and I'm gonna talk about it. Like I think on Twitter, when I was still on Twitter, I was like, I'll start tweeting about each issue. And I started out, and I was like, Oh yeah, this Beta Ray Bill stuff's good because it is. Like I was pretty, you know, positive on it when we were just reading the Beta Ray Bill stuff, and then I crapped out like 15 issues in because uh, yeah, yeah, it's just ah, it doesn't doesn't land for me. Okay. Um, it doesn't yeah, have yeah, to, but. But Claremont, Claremont's X-Men is clearly, that's easily the biggest, like, regret where I feel like I kind of wish that I had uh, just, like, gotten on board a little better, you know? And it was so long. We read so much of it that I think, you know, I just, like, I, I kind of regret not doing a better job critically. Um, I, uh, with that, yeah. I think one of my, one of the things that's actually, like, again, like, this is regret in the sense of, like, it's it's kind of, like, a nice regret. Like I said, like, my framing is, like, well, I was wrong, but the price of that is now I love something good, <laughs> right? Oh, so yeah, it's that's, like that's always fun. You know, yeah. it's like it's like a nice turn to recognize. And again, I think this is something that I value a lot, just in all walks of life. But like, certainly it applies to media and art, where it's like, like it's it's nice, it's good to have the intellectual curiosity to allow yourself to be wrong sometimes, right? And to not just dig into the trenches and cement yourself. It's something I recognize more and more. Certainly is. As time passes, one thing that that has helped me on that journey as well here is uh is the Patreon selections, our mm-hmm. Patreon selections mm-hmm. for for issues throughout the two thousands, um, not not like not all of them hit necessarily, but those are always kind of they're always refreshing and and a lot of times it's like it's nice to see stuff that I might have skipped on or said like well that's not essential or like like X Factor is the big one lately mm-hmm. like X Factor mm-hmm. investigations where I'm like did I not include that like crazy not to include. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, actually, no, I did. I did include that one. Actually, never mind. That's that's a bad example. But the point. No, being, I think I think that is new. Actually, to the list, it wasn't a patron edition, but this was the first time you put it in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so there's some things where it's just like it, it's hard. I think the hardest thing about this is is putting yourself in the era. You know, 
like like in the list selection. So like this kind of ties in. So I'm reading Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind for the first time, the the Miyazaki yeah. graphic yeah. novels. Um, Zach, uh, Hayao Miyazaki, he went on to like found Studio Ghibli and did a bunch of animation. You probably, yeah, yeah, I know. Probably the first is. time you've heard of him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but who wrote Nostica? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, I didn't add put, a T. I didn't add a did. T. You, you, put a, you put a T in there? I said Nausicaa. Well, I'm glad that when I said it, you were like, that's not how you say that word. So Yeah, yeah, you got okay. it wrong for sure. This, mm, well, this well, manga, it's a manga yeah. by Miyazaki. Uh-huh. And I eat my sausage, and I read some Nastica, all right? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, okay, but I'm reading that. I'm, I'm two yeah. volumes in. I'm on the second book. And uh, Zach, I don't love it. And it's talked yeah. about in the glowingest of terms. I actually, after the first book, I was like, oh, I'm good. I think I got it. Um, and then I went and I read a review by, uh, by someone that I, I respect. And I was like, yeah, I got I to gotta actually do this. I got to actually finish this. And I think part of this too is like, I have these lingering worries that I misjudged Akira. <laughs> like, like yeah. I had a hard time with Akira as well. Okay. Akira, and I, it's so long winded. It's, well, that, was, I, I re- that was my big problem. Yeah. 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 And, but you know what? Then like contextually too, it was like, well, I checked out the first book from the library, like right before the COVID shutdown. And I sat on that book for like a year before you could like go to a place again, you know? Um, and then, so like, I, like, I picked up the pieces later too. So my memory was fuzzy on stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't, I don't think I did it right. I, th- I think I'm the problem. I don't think the book's the problem. I'm like, I'm having that fear. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, yeah. and, but then too, the, you know, the obvious connective tissue was like, well, these are the, like, these are the eighties manga, right? Um, the, you know, you, yeah. you throw some other yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Berserk starts at the end. Uh, uh, what's the North fist one? Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, that is, right? But you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like these are talked about like in the most glowing terms by the most number of people, and I think with American comics, <laughs> no, no, I was, I was with you with North Fist, but it's Fist of the North Star. I was like, yeah, North Fist. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't sound right. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with American comics and Marvel specifically, I have a great sense of the superhero landscape. I have a mm-hmm. great sense of the contextual historical progression where, when you get to a Frank Miller's Daredevil what that was up against, you know? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think with manga, I missed that completely. Sure, yeah. Right? So I, what I'm, what I'm having a hard time doing, because I think I would value it more if I understood that. You know what I mean? Um, I think I would, if it's like you're looking at Akira, and it's like, yeah, I, I recognize like the art's amazing, but I'm comparing it to 2024 amazing, mm-hmm. you know? Instead of like the absolute light year jump of 1986 or whatever, you know? And I, I just think that historical context matters. Um, at the same time, at the same time, like when I read Watchmen for the first time, the history of it didn't matter. It didn't matter yeah. when that yeah. came out. Yeah, I was just sucked in. Uh, and I'm not having that experience on, an, on a narrative level with these works. So I do feel like that's still a limitation. But anyway, the, the point being with these 2000s things, it's like put yourself in 2006, think about what else is coming out, think about what's around it. That's the ultimate challenge, I think. Um, which, honestly, in the 2000s probably gets easier and easier because there's so many Marvel comics then. You have so many just within the own stadium to compare them to. You don't even have to get that far outside of it. Uh, anyway, I don't even know why I started talking about that. But that's, but that's both a, a challenge. Both Akira and Nausicaa, right uh, are, the adaptations are better, for sure. And I, I appreciate both mangas, um, but both of them take kind of like the core essence and what's... 
I mean, the artwork, it, I was talking about this with um, Charlotte during Bone. We just talked about Jeff Smith's Bone in uh, Extra Issues and um, patreon.com slash my marvelous year. And you're going to you're going to have to start paying an ad rate. Oh, that reminds me of a good ad. Really yeah, I know. Um, yeah, as soon as I'm done this thought, we can we can jump into that. Um, where uh, both both Nausicaa and uh, Akira are ones that if you like plucked out any three pages, right, I would look at them and I'd be like, wow, like, look at the, the masterwork uh, on display here, right? Like the pacing and the, the visual storytelling and the level of like visual detail, the character work just right, through, right. you know, like in any single page just kind of like really show illustrates how in control they are and then like you read like for two hours and you're just like oh man they're really just like running around for a couple hours huh like they're not (laughs) (laughs) yeah like bonehead a little bit of that same issue i'm like man they're still just in the mountains just dashing around the mountains Mm. and it's like every micro moment is excellent and then on a macro scale you just are kind of like all right like let's move to the next thing which is i i think to me less of a I got to put myself in the time and place in more. I got to put myself in the way that you would have read this originally, which is week to week to week. Mm. Um, Cause that's, that's where like bone, you know, reading this like on a monthly cadence or bi-monthly or whatever. Um, See, to me, or, that's funny. I actually had the opposite. Like bone to me made so much sense as a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I definitely consumed it heartily and happily as yeah. one full package. It was surprising to me. To find in retrospect that it had been released as single issues. Yeah, me too. I didn't know that until we did extra issues that it wasn't a co- collection of graphic novels. Yeah. But. So I thought I thought it read very naturally. Um, and I, but I anyway, yeah, with, with Bone, I, I obviously we're not doing a Bone yeah. Pod, but like I had a can't put it down experience. Mm, um, yeah. Well, you should have been on extra issues if you wanted to air your. What did your What did Charlotte pod. think of Bone? Obviously, we got to listen to it. She well, actually, loved you know what. It. Okay, she loved it. She okay. loved it. Yeah, yeah. She was, I mean, I really like Bone. Like, Bone is... It's it's a great comic. Uh, it just wasn't without some, like, pacing flaws to me. Um, but, uh, no, she was nuts about it. She, like... She fell head over heels for it. it, it I mean, I, I told her before we started that um, Jeff Smith had said that, like, his influence was... He had read Don Rosa, Uncle Scrooge... I didn't actually know if it was specifically Don Rosa, but Uncle Scrooge comics growing up and was like, I, mean, I wish there was... Carl like Barks a... or Don Rosa. Those are the... Yeah, guys. right. But Charlotte loves Don Rosa, but not Carl Barks, so that's why I said that. But, um... Y'all Jeff should Smith's do a Ducks like, extra issues. I would read that. We did. That. It was the first thing Charlotte and I recorded was a... Oh, a yeah. Patreon special about the uh, the life and times of Scrooge McDuck. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, I would love to, to dive into this more. But Jeff Smith was like, what if Uncle Scrooge had a, tw- like, as a kid, I wanted a 1,200-page epic, <laughs> like, yeah. one big story. So I told her that, and I think that probably really primed her, because then, yeah, she fell for it. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're talking Have you seen the movie, the Akira movie, or Nausicaa? No, I I haven't. And, yeah, you, you know, because I don't, I mean, my thing was like, well, I don't want to watch this movie mm. and then try to read these. I feel like that's going to let me down. Um, And then, I don't know, I just, I love comics so much that I was like, I want to, I want to experience these as comics because people don't, the people who love Akira, of which there are many, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, they don't, they don't say like, you know, oh, you got to watch the movie to like fully appreciate it. Like they just fully appreciate it as a, as a graphic novel series, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like, it feels like a cop out. It feels like cheating almost. It feels like. It feels like the Cliff Notes version. I, even I think though for I know both of them, the the movie is the almost the definitive version. 
you know, I think would be pretty widely accepted. For- so the thing with Miyazaki and, and Nastika is, uh, <laughs> is I know I know the movie approach from the Studio Ghibli stuff. I've seen enough of that. Yeah. So it, to me, especially with this one, it's like, well, I kind of want to get. I saw somebody describe it as like the movies are like almost short stories, and this is like mm-hmm. his novel. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me, like the length was actually like part of the appeal. Like it's a different. Yeah, I, I I mean, you almost might have the effect because it the 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 manga extends way past the movie. So you know, if you like the movie, then you'd be like, oh well, I want to get you know, I want the full story, and then you'd go read it in that version. It, it it also is really interesting because in American comics, there's only one comparison, where the director of the film is actually the creator of the comic book, um, like Otomo in. Uh, for Akira, directed the movie Akira, and then Miyazaki obviously directed Nausicaa. Yeah, and um, you're talking is, about Frank so, Miller's Sin City. Exactly. Yeah, I, like, I can't think of a, another <laughs> yeah. example uh, there. But, like, I mean, Frank Miller, well, and Robert Rodriguez did a good job. You know, it certainly, you seen, certainly had a, uh, a vision for that. Did you see right? Frank Miller did, like, another movie on his own after that? Um, he directed uh, The Spirit, the, like, 2008 movie, which was, like, clearly in the style of sin city and it was just by frank miller i remember Um, i remember seeing trailers i've never seen the movie um i I know it didn't get good reviews yeah (laughs) no i i don't think it did but i don't know yeah i wonder how it stacked did you like it be curious i liked it when i was you know however old 20 sure when i watched it um you know uh uh, speaking of the i was a sucker for like sin city at the time i was i was too around that age i i really enjoyed that movie i think that first movie still really holds up i think there's still like a lot to love about yeah. that movie uh, yeah yeah um no it's a shame frank miller stopped making comics after sin city I don't know what happened <laughs> well you're you're forgetting about superman year one uh, <laughs> the one you're right you're right i did yeah, forget yeah. about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's called <laughs> uh, yes. okay when we come back <coughs> i'm gonna tell you about some thoughts i have about the spirit okay let's go to mm-hmm. let's go to ad break Oh, I thought you were going to be like the spirit of our next sponsor, which mm. we're going to capture in this advertisement. Mm. No, we're going to do, we're going to like really do like a real ad break. Mm-hmm. Okay. My Marvelous like, Year is oh, brought to you. Taking a break. <laughs> I got to start over. <laughs> Sorry. I, you paused. I was waiting and then you know, I had to fill the empty space. My Marvelous Year is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is an app. It's a game. You get to pick your lineup of Marvel heroes and villains for turn-based combat. Zach, this is like one of my favorite games. <laughs> really? <laughs> In app form. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it is like okay. I know I do not keep games on my tablet, like hardly at all. This is yeah. one of maybe three or four that I've had for years now. Um, I was pretty excited when they asked us to promote it because I like playing it and my kids like playing it, Zach. Um, oh, it's it's very fun there. to pick your heroes, pick your villains, pick your squads, level them up. I listen. I'm going to go through my rosters, but uh, Marvel Strike Force. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Google Play, and uh, we'll have a link here in the show notes for the pod to and check it, it out. But that's fun, Dave. That that sounds like it costs twenty, thirty dollars at least <laughs> yeah. to begin playing. Right? Free to play. Free to what? play. I have never, Zach. I have never paid a cent. Uh, certainly, if you want to speed things up, there are, of course, those options. Uh, but there's there's always, like, 20 things to do. You know, even when you run out of energy, there's, like, different campaigns and different types of battle and stuff. When you're you just exhausted, battling, so sleepy. 
I listen. I I'm always always up late playing Marvel Strike. My my wife gets mad at me because we'll be like watching a show and I'm so absorbed in Marvel Strike Force that I'm clearly not paying attention. It's causing trouble. Honestly, that's my biggest criticism. It is causing trouble in my family. <laughs> Zach, uh, well, how would you describe this game? You probably understand the gaming lingo more than I do. Um, it is <laughs> a game that I've played, mm-hmm. uh, so I have a lot of thoughts about it. But yeah. you, for that, you're going to have to wait till next week, Dave. Just a little. <laughs> I want to build suspense in uh-huh. these advertisements. Yeah, no, you're so, really selling it. Okay. Yep. So ne- uh, I'd say it's a <laughs> honestly, what's going to be more exciting to listen to next game. week's episode or next week's yep. ad? Frankly, is is what I'm eager to hear. Marvel Strike Force. You can download it today for free. My okay, Zach. I'm going to give a tease right now. My top hero roster next week. I'll do villains. Yeah. My top hero okay. roster right now: Iceman, Elektra, Luke Cage, Spider Man, Thor. That's my top hero roster. And my favorite kind of, fun of group. My favorite yeah. of the bunch is Iceman. Iceman rules in this game. Yeah. So hmm. next week I'm going to tease and my only in this roster. game. Yeah. How dare okay. you? How dare you? Marvel <laughs> Strike Wait, Force. Do you play, do you play as villains as well? Oh yeah, definitely. There's a oh, heroes campaign. Wow. There's I have a lot campaign. to learn. There's one where you combine them. Then you can do only cosmic characters in certain campaigns. It's cool. It's mm. fun. Mm. All right, Marvel Strike Force. Check it out. I uh, I bought a copy of the Spirit on Blu-ray while you were doing reading your ad copy. Stop it. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, it was $3 on Amazon. <laughs> Crazy. What? I don't know. I want to I want to check it. What, what I mean, is Are you that like a right? Blu-ray collector? Are you like a like I usually like- don't just buy <laughs> movies that I mean this is you know, you know what I I mean it's 3 bucks. So like if I wanted to rent it to watch it online, it would cost $4. So I might as well just buy a copy and if I really like it, it will go on the shelf and if I don't, it will go in my little neighborhood library. Uh, oh, library thing. Yeah, people put them there, you know. Books. I, I get rid of comic books there sometimes. Yeah. I had a, I had like a hardcover collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the like the IDW reboot. I had like the first two or three of those. You put in that hardcover. in the lending library? Yeah, and someone snatched them up right away. Ooh, I bet. I made someone. I either made someone's day or someone grabbed them and put them on eBay. Yeah, <laughs> probably the latter, quick. but hopefully they got to actually uh, enjoy them. Yeah, um, yeah I, I grabbed, that's a nice one. I grabbed stuff from there, but um, I have a uh, I got something to do on the podcast. Well, hang on, <laughs> let me let me give do. you my spirit, my spirit. Oh tease. yes. Please, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've been listening on audiobook. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds like a uh, something from like a, a shonen manga, like spirit tease. <laughs> I'm going to unleash my spirit tease. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> so my spirit tease is I uh, I've been listening to the book The Ten Cent Plague, and this is a I, I should look up the author's name while we're talking here, but this is a like history of comics essentially. Um, mm. But it's specifically it's looking at the sort of cultural, political forces that drove to, like, the Frederick Wortham, you know, seduction of the innocent comic scare. And so I picked this up, and I've I've had it on my radar for a while now. It's a really good history. Um, But I picked it up primarily to be like, what are the similarities between, like, then and the book banning stuff going on right now in America? It was, like, the primary driver in my mind. And there's a ton of similarities, and it's, frankly, nauseating (laughs) how how similar, like, culture cycles. I really don't know, you know, about it, but, like, my understanding is that it was all just, like, we have to protect the children, but, like, from sex, violence, gore, and, like, criminal influence, it wasn't quite, it was definitely, like, moralizing, but was it as, like, political in the sense of, like, let's politicizing not particularly political issue 
and not you know, not I mean, quite like, in the same the, the, ways. Although all the book banning now is panic about like actual you know like civil rights, right? It's like well, books it's like, that have it's like diversity, about civil rights for really black people and for yeah. LGBT people. Those are the ones that are getting banned, right? Like yeah, so it's not it's like very explicitly like political topics versus like we don't want our children reading about zombies because <laughs> they're too spooky yeah i, I don't um, want to like sink maybe when i finish it we can go a little deeper but like yeah some of it makes a lot of sense <laughs> honestly I, I'm, I'm not arguing with you i i'm just wondering if like i'm you know i'm missing something because uh, i haven't i haven't read this book dave yeah tell me like, educate me like parental um like desire to not sell gross things to kids Right. There's like a core. There's like a kernel of that where it makes sense. Um, I remember I read uh, Box Brown's uh, semi-recent book about the sort of the history of like toys and nostalgia. And there's a section in there about like how basically like there was never really government regulation about how you could advertise to kids until like essentially like one mom took it upon herself Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be like we should ever. And like they're like to me, they're like sensible regulations. Yeah, it's like stop um, lying to children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and about I think what's uh, in the cereal box. with some of the comics, like obviously this got, this went way too far and it, it ultimately became a bad thing. But like with some of the comics, like crime does not pay. And, you know, these stories of like these horrific ghastly stories of like terrible crimes and murder and stuff. It's like, yeah, like these these aren't like great reads for an eight-year-old in my view, right? So there's like a kernel of sense to, to all of this. Um, the, I mean... The piece that I haven't fully squared yet is like, yes, now a lot of the book banning drama is driven by, first off, a very small number of people having a very outsized influence um, on policy. But it is so directly a response to just like like groups of people, you know, And, and I think one of the big differences is now is the work can very clearly be queer. Or, or a black story, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In yeah. a way that, I mean, none of the comics published in 1941 were doing anything like that, right? The, the culture had not progressed to the point where those types of works were being published in that way. You know, so the backlash that they're facing in 1941 is about, like, violence and, and murder and, honestly, even just, like, superheroes. Um, and, and their fascist—I cannot say this word—fascistic— tendencies yeah, like that yeah, stuff yeah. gets really interesting honestly mm-hmm. where you have like a catholic priest or whatever like railing against like superheroes and being like this is a symbol that they want fascism and that you know they're trying to get someone who's above the law and all this stuff and like that kind of ties to like the alan moore notion of like superheroes as a precursor to the rise of fascism <laughs> and i'm like now i'm looking at it being like I used to think that was silly. Now I'm not so sure. But anyway, that's a bigger thing. Um, but yeah, so it's like there are, there are differences, of course, just in terms of like, well, it is 80 years later. And listen, genderqueer wasn't being published in 1940, you know. Um, but there's a lot of similarities in the driver. There's a lot of similarities in the way that like religion get ties into the drives to ban these things, you know, on the outsized influence of a few. And then that sort of inciting lots of people. I don't yet have a grasp on the on quite the like, well, this is my political party line sense of thing, where we're now it has become like, well, blue states don't have book bans and red states do. And that is weird and nauseating to me. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a much larger subject. I would say my, my thing on it is 
trust your librarians. Um, they're good more often than not, and they know what they're doing. Uh, but also, like, I don't know, this is trite, but it is, like, as a parent, like, you do, you should, like, kind of look at what your kid is reading. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that's the answer <laughs> like, in all this. It's just like, like, you should yeah. have some awareness. Um, and it's easier said than done, right? Like, if, because, you know, my, my son just fell in love with Dogman. And when I say fell in love, I <laughs> mean another another great manga title. <laughs> my hey, oh my gosh, that's man. such a that's such a Seven Seas title, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but you know, he like he's read them all seven thousand times in the span of like two weeks. Like mm-hmm. he's just head over heels, loves these books for dog And <laughs> well, yeah. there is when I look at that, I'm like, this is for kids. I know this. He can read this, and then you know, you don't necessarily realize like, oh, there's like a lot of like you know, gross out humor. There's a lot of like uh, like potty humor in mm-hmm. these books, you know. And as a parent, you have to decide like what are you or are you not comfortable with, right, on that front. But you know, like my son at, at seven is is not walking home with the autobiography of you know a trans sex worker in Seattle, which is the pervert, which I just read. <laughs> you know, like if my if my son Humble was brand, like, hey, can I? I found this in the kids section. Uh, it's a book called The Pervert. Can I read this? You know what I mean? Like I, like I, I'm there with them. I can, I can help them make that decision. Um, and it's going to be different depending on your kid and depending on the context, right? Uh, so I'm super anti-book ban. I just want to be incredibly clear. Um, but it is fascinating seeing like it's like all the things that happened before happen again, just in slightly different ways. You know, I think um, like setting limits. Uh, I mean, because you're not going to be able to always control like what your kids consume, right? They go to friends' houses. They you know sneak stuff. Right, like totally. Um, but I think like setting boundaries is actually like it's pretty good because then they'll still sneak stuff, and then I think if they, <laughs> if a kid like overwhelms themselves with something too scary, too upsetting, you know, it's kind of like setting, it's teaching them to set their own boundaries a little bit, right? Like I knew I shouldn't have watched that movie, and now I'm extremely freaked out. Uh, yeah, and, sure. Yeah, that sure. was my experience as a kid. I mean, I my that, my I, big know. thing is like I've I love libraries so much. I love reading comics at the libraries and I love getting to share that with my kids now. And I know it's anecdotal, but it's like never once have I been in that kid section and been like, this is a book for 40 year old men. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not how they operate. Um, and I, I had the experience previously, like 15 years ago where I was looking at like in the kids section is where they keep all the comics. So there was sort of a, a tangled sense of like, well, Batman, the killing joke is sitting here. And it's in yeah. your it's in your kids, yeah. you know. So that's online. Like Mark Miller's Nemesis is right next to like yeah yeah. You know. So I think that outdated yeah. like well, it's a comic. It's for kids. Like yeah, listen, if that's yeah. the level of, I mean, librarians know better now. I point. I think they do. I yeah. I really yeah. think they do. Ninety nine percent of the time. Um. Yeah. So anyway, books and lightning. Ten cent plague. I'm reading it. I'm gonna hopefully keep getting more out of it. Um, but the thing I wanted to mention, Zach, is so Will Eisner's heavily featured, right? Obviously, history of comics. How could he not be? It is amazing how quickly he sort of turns on superheroes. <laughs> like, like how quickly he kind of sees through the BS. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. In ways that it has taken, I mean, uh, me like like years. Um, like, like within like, I mean, it's not this, but like within like weeks of Superman coming out. He's like, ah, oh, it's just too cyclical. It's boring. They're repeating themselves. <laughs> I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's that's how it yeah. feels, the way it's presented. And it's just like it's kind of incredible. 
Yeah, and it's where to like, get him? No one ever reads a Will Eisner comic anymore. Well, it makes me want to do does it. Anyone even, does anyone even know his name anymore? <laughs> does he ever get brought up? Exactly. It makes me want to do a spirit deep dive super badly. It's something I've never done. I've Have never you read quite... uh, his, like, tenant? What, what is it? Uh, the, the Contract, contract with, with God. God. Yeah, yeah. I, I like The Contract yeah. with God a lot. I read Fagin the yeah. Jew recently, which is his mm. uh, take on Oliver Twist yeah. from the perspective of, of Fagin the Jew. Um, yep. That's great. But, uh, yeah, I've never read his, like, I mean, I've looked at, like, panels, you know? But I've never really done, like... I've never read The Spirit. But yeah. I am going to um, watch the movie soon. I think it's kind of a hard thing to... Well, I, they say watch the movie, don't read the comics. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, watch Frank Miller's adaptation. Anyway, yeah. I just found Eisner's perspectives, like, super refreshing. He's also, like, he's the guy who seems to see... He's like, I think this can be art. Like, from, like, 1940. Hmm. Maybe even in the 30s. He's like, I think comics can be art. And everyone else is like... It's like working in a comics factory is akin to, like, making widgets at a factory. Like, it's a, it's a very just, like, working class job. I I see that I I know what you mean but you know the more I read like old pulp stuff you know you find the stuff where it's just like this guy had you know like thematic uh, preoccupations that he hit over and over again with his like war and horror comics right you go back and read some of those EC comics um, and you're like you know this is not just like fun schlock right like EC EC's like 15 years later yeah okay in the the form that you're describing it yeah, okay. you know EC starts talking... for uh, educational comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, it started. It started with like you know, they were they were publishing like versions of the Bible. I well, like I'm reading all these you know like horror and uh, war comics from EC Comics, and it is like all of them do have kind of like a moral to the story, but not actually in a way that feels like um, something that was like shoehorned in to like you know, maybe appease the censors. It does feel like this guy is anti-war and he wants to like get at like, sure. Uh, you know, he, he's like trying to push pacifism stories through his like pulp war stories. Um, yeah. It's uh, Harvey Kurtzman is the guy that I've been reading. But. Harvey Kurtzman is, is he the Mad Magazine guy, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know him that well. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm looking at him. He's kind up. of a legend. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I know what you mean, but I think like, Eisner's not the only guy with talent. Any decade, you could be like, "This is the year that they were like, comics aren't just for kids anymore." (laughs) You know? No, I know, but for Eisner, it's like actually at the start of it. You know what I mean? Okay, all right, yeah. At least in the the American like explosion, like Mm. Superman and and comics, and you know, millions and millions of readers. Like Eisner sees it very quickly, um, and and works in that vein. And there there listen, there are a lot of people with talent. a lot of people with talent who didn't get credit because it was a woman writing most of the comics or, you know, like black artists and who didn't get get their credit until, you know, now, essentially. Um, but it's it's fascinating how quickly Eisner's like on top of what comics can be. I think it's really cool. The other thing that I love, Zach, is I've never yet in my life hmm. experienced a piece of comics history that didn't include the sentence, and a young Jack Kurtzenberg working in the corner as an assistant. Kirby is everywhere. <laughs> He's everywhere. There is no history of comics where it's like, you know, like it does. Like if you went back to like cave paintings, they'd be like, and a young Jack Kurtzenberg watched and, and made some colors in the corner. Like he's everywhere. Yeah. It's amazing. That's funny. Um. Okay. I have to get this out, Dave. Okay. I'm actually kind of surprised now. I feel like pressed for time. Um. I have a contest for our listeners. Um. 
one of our Slack members, Stephen, uh, I think I've plugged this in the past, has been uh, he's been working on a Substack for a while now, uh, Divining Comics. He's been writing a couple times a week over there, and it's really, really good work, uh, really excellent stuff. Um, does like essays about comics in what, at least once a week, and then also kind of just does a like what I'm reading, which just he's got great taste in comics so i'm always like getting pulled into like what's interesting in indie comics so like even if you are not interested in reading like uh art critique or comic critique uh him just compiling like here's like the eight most exciting indie comics coming out this week uh it's really worth checking out and then he also what another function of this which is great is that he'll be like here's the great criticism from this week and he'll be like here's 12 links to like 12 youtube videos and great articles Um, nice it really helps me stay like plugged in so you know i I really want to get him more listeners or more uh readers rather Uh, you can find it if you just google divining comics um and to do that, he actually puts out uh, some of his criticism in these little paperback zines. Uh, so I'm going to give away some of his zines. He making to... zines? Heck yeah! He's making f- he's making friggin' zines, and uh, I bought one. It's very nice. It's just kind of like the some of the uh, comic criticism that he did initially on 20th Century Men, which you like that comic. Um, sure do. Yep. And uh, so he's got three of them out now. I'm going to give all three of them to three different people who can identify. What comic the following passages are from? Ooh, and Dave, if you, if you know, actually, you can tell me, and then I'll just bleep it out. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll play along, but I'm, I'm signing up for this uh, for this right now, yeah. so I'm going to be busy doing yeah, that. Check it out; it's really good. All right, here's the first one. In, in the, just shoot me a message at mymarvelsier at gmail.com. Message me on uh, the Slack if you're in there. Um, with the name of the comics, you can do one, two, or all three if you want, and, uh, and it's not going to be like first, it will be before the next variant cover, I'll just keep track and then I'll just pull names at random um, of people who got the correct answers. I knew this would happen, Jean knows I'm married, and she turned from me, turned to Warren, the high-flying angel, and Warren loves her, wants her, how could he not want her? Okay, so he's not so high-flying anymore, is he? So badly hurt, hurt through my fault, my fault he was driven here. By my moodiness, my childish, my childish outbursts, my jealousy. Yeah, okay, maybe it's a little easy, maybe. But uh, Dave, any ideas? Um, yeah, I mean that sounds like, and that's definitely speaking. Uh, I, I would think the only the only thought in the back of my head is like, could that be? A hmm. Um, okay, but, enough, uh, enough, because then I'm gonna just have to beep this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. Um, that was how you created your wondrous garden. Your plants grew so rapidly because you raced them through growth cycles, and they bloomed eternally because you froze the moment they reached the zenith of their beauty, botanical splendor never before achieved. Yeah, that is definitely... You know that one? Yeah, okay, all right. Um, and then finally, the moist vapor weaves a macabre framework rising in sweltering waves from the fetid marsh interior sinuously caressing the gnarled trees and arthritic branches an african gothic setting now that is from uh the love letters you wrote to your wife <laughs> <laughs> yep uh is that yeah, but... um is that is that uh is yeah that i put the the least amount of uh like plot details in that one uh-huh. with one exception but i kind of thought just his prose would uh stand out to people three for three so you guys send me Woo! Yeah, yeah, you got to send me the uh, exact issues, uh, listeners. So. Okay, so all of the prizes are coming to me. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the price. <laughs> Wait, they have to send you the uh, issues? Yeah, they have to. You can't just be like, oh, that's uh, probably from somewhere between like 75 and 85 uh, in X Men talking. Ooh. Well, oh, well, I didn't get the issue numbers. Let's make that clear. Well, I know. Except I mean, for I the second know. one. I got the second one, but. Uh, you, you could, yeah, you could. I'm sure you could find all of them. You were close enough that you could track them down. Oh, if I looked it up? Yeah, you got to look it up. You're allowed to look it up. You got to go digging. Oh, geez, like a coward? Just guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just guess. Yeah, look it up. Fun game. I mean, if someone wants to take the time to do it, yeah. Um, that third one, yeah. that third one's a good one. That was, I, yeah, I, I, like, I wanted uh, to get I feel good about that one. a little harder. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, that was my segment called... Uh, <laughs> D- plug a slacker, D- right? Slack a plugger? Plug... Plug a slacker. <laughs> Zach, Zach plugs a slacker. Gross. Um, oh, what a segment. Yeah. Yeah, that's on, on my OnlyFans. It's Listen, Plug a Slacker Friday. We're running ads. We're plugging slackers. We'll do anything to get some yeah. to get some cap flow into this. Well, I mean, I'm literally I'm gonna be spending fifty dollars sending these out of my own money, so I, I'm not making money off of this. I love uh, that zines are being made of this. That's cool as heck. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's nice to have. I mean, you know, I bought the first one, uh, Stephen. I'm I'm not going to buy the next couple for my shelf. Uh, I like reading it just online, but uh, I'm going to send them out to people, and maybe you can we can spread the word that way. Nice. I'm seeing the most recent conversation is around lunar uh, lunar New Year love story, mm-hmm. which yep. I love, really as well cool. as the Divine Comedy. Oh well, yeah. I don't he does remember have a there being segment. pictures We're, in that one. <clears throat> He has a weekly segment where he just talks about what he's consuming media-wise besides comics, uh, and uh, he's written the Divine Comedy. <laughs> I hate to say, I do uh, having despite despite the fact that I have read the Divine Comedy and actually really love that book, I do kind of skim through that. <laughs> it's not, not. I've read the Inferno. Uh, I've never gone beyond that. Oh well, yeah, of course, obviously. Who who cares about Purgatory? It's so boring. The whole point. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's what I hear about. That's the most Amazon reviews of Purgatory are not kind. About about two and a half stars on on Amazon right now. All right, we got it. We got to wrap this up. I got wrestling to go. We're going up LA. No, I can't get in the way of your wrestling. AW pay per view this afternoon. I am excited. Okay. Well, I think we covered everything considering we had no agenda. So well done, Zach. Yeah. Uh, Same to you. This show is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Check out the link in the show notes. Maybe one day we'll get like a promo code. I don't know. <laughs> this is a very, it's a very loose <laughs> structure. Uh, Patreon.com slash year to support what we do. Music for the show is by Disaster Peace. I'm Dave. That's Zach. Charlotte, I think will be back with us next week. Hopefully. Hopefully for both our sakes. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next year. See you next year.